Hey everybody, thanks for staying with us into our guest segment. We really appreciate you being with us. Uh, hope everyone had a good Easter weekend. It's always great uh, to be able to celebrate the birth and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And to those of you who have, um, well, let's just put it this way, your morale may be in the gutter. Let me just say this, as bad as it looks, the Lord will have the final say. We can count on that. Unfortunately, we're not, what we don't know is how much poop we're going to go through to get to that final say. But I also think that if you're steadfast in your beliefs, your faith, and your prayers, that the Lord will give you the strength to endure until he has the final say. Anyway, welcome to the show again. My name is Dave Hodges, and you're listening to the show that is Freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And there's a couple of groups that keep our lights on. And, you know, I just interviewed Bob Griswold. And let me just say this really clearly, okay? No time to be polite. I just want to be helpful that some of you do not have what it takes to survive right now. You don't have the supplies. Food and water are your two most important things. I think a way to protect it is probably three. But you need the food and water. We can help you with the food. Preparewithdave.com, restaurant quality food. You're going to wait a while. But you know what? We're going to be in this crisis a while, folks. And right now, states like Michigan are banning the sale of seeds. And check out my recent podcast on that. And this is well documented by the Michigan Governor Dimwit or Whitmore, whatever she calls herself. She's an enemy of the people. She banned the U.S. flag. She's banned hydroxychloroquine. I mean, I could go on and on and on, folks. We're having war waged against this right now. And food shortages are coming. And they're coming quickly. And I'm hearing from people that manage for, uh, food reserves. And they're empty or near empty. So preparewithdave.com. Word to the wise. And also, too, you need water. You won't have trouble finding standing water in a crisis. But in a crisis that goes on where deprivations involved, on the fifth day, waterborne illnesses, according to the Naval War College, becomes the leading cause of death. Okay, don't be that victim. Don't let your family be that victim. Get the water filter that's best in the business. The research is at waterwithdave.com. Not, not testimonials. Research. And you'll see, wow. And then they're offering this for 40% off. The food has not increased in price. The water has decreased in price. The Alexa Pure Pro filter, that's our water filter. So you got preparewithdave.com. You got waterwithdave.com. These are things you need to take care of now. And why do you think I'm advertising for these now? Why? Why are you not hearing about something else right now? Because this is the immediate need. Well, we have a terrific show planned for you. In this guest segment, we have Wrecker back, and he's a um, um, federal law enforcement agent. We'll just put it that way. And he has insight that we can't get off the street. Insight we can't get from your local PD most of the time. Insight your state troopers and county sheriffs don't have. And he's been calling it correctly all along, so much so that when we air his segments, which I think are non-controversial and, and they come from someone who knows policy, YouTube doesn't like it and they demonetize it. And Facebook uh, uh, takes these posts down. Why? Because they don't want the truth told in some areas. And this is one of those times. So sit back and enjoy it. We're going to refer to our source here as Wrecker. Um, but he's not out to wreck us. He's out to wreck the people that are coming against us. Wrecker, welcome to the show, my friend. I'm glad you could come back. And uh, in this day and age, we're seeing tyranny across the board, particularly in democratic cities, 
where they're denying people the right to worship. In fact, you know, the people ticketed in their parking lots and the cars, and you've got Costco open for business, you've got uh, Lowe's open for business, Walmart, and you're gonna tell me that social distancing is less in a department store than it is for people from the same family in a car? I don't believe it, do you? Hey Dave, thanks for having me back. And uh, I completely agree with you. And uh, this is truly, truly some strange times that we live in. Now, before we got on the show, I told you I, I'm, I'm a little upset tonight about what I've been seeing from my federal law enforcement brothers and sisters. And uh, so I'm gonna lay the, the, the table right now. And if you're a cop, please listen to me. And if you know someone who's a cop, where you see this happening, and it is the police, don't be afraid to repeat what I'm about to say. As a sworn law enforcement officer, you have the right to use officer's discretion unless it's a felony happening in front of you. You have the right to use officer's discretion or to say, you know what, I'm not following an unconstitutional order and I'm going home sick, or I'm going to go patrol another area, or I'm just not going to go do this because it's against my beliefs, it's against the, the Constitution of America that we swore an oath to protect and to serve the people. And how dare any law enforcement officer, any police officer, sheriff's deputy, you name it, that goes out there and actually targets the Christian community and shuts down our First Amendment. What happened to the right to assemble? The, the right to religious freedom. You know, I don't under, I don't understand exactly why they're doing this or why they're going along with it. But apparently, some people aren't thinking for themselves. Because how long is it until you don't have the right to go to the grocery store? You don't have the right to go to the hardware store. You don't have the right to go to the gun shop and buy more ammo. Where, where does it stop? This slippery slope that we've been on since January, the incline of it keeps getting higher and higher, and that slippery slope keeps getting slippery, and it seems like America is on rollerblades right now. We can't stop ourselves. Take a look around, ladies and gentlemen. Take a look around. If there's one thing that this entire situation has shown us, it's shown us who is for the American people and who is against the American people. Any Democratic or Republican representative or congressman, your mayors, your governors, your city councils, the judges, the cops, if you go against the Constitution, you should be thrown out of office. If anything, you should be rightfully sued, and there shouldn't be anything that should happen uh, on the account that. God, I'm so I'm just so upset about this. You don't have the right to stop people's religious freedoms. If they're going into a drive-in uh, Easter uh, Easter Day for church, whatever it is that they're going for. You don't have the right to stop that. And just to be fair, not saying I agree with all ideologies or religions, but 
Christians, Jews, Muslims, the Buddhists? Is everybody getting treated the same? Because so far all I've heard is Christians. Maybe some temples are being shut down. I haven't heard of a mosque being shut down yet. I haven't heard of one of the Buddhist temples being shut down yet. Or are they on the no-go list? We don't go to that side of town. We don't mess with those people because it's, it's too much of a political backlash. But we'll target the Christian community. Ladies and gentlemen, the one thing that will always be true is that it's not just a war for your mind. It's not just an information war. The war has always been against our Lord Jesus Christ. And even on the day of his resurrection today, the war is on. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm thoroughly confused and upset about how many cops are going out there and they're doing this. I mean, you may be non-religious. You may be atheist. You, you may believe in a different religion. But put yourself in their shoes. What if that was you and your group of people going to celebrate whatever it is on a certain day, and the government says, you can't do that. But yet, Dave, you can go to Home Depot. You can go to Lowe's. You can go to the grocery store. You can go to Walmart. The big box stores apparently are not affected by any of this except for closures. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them open up at 8 and close at 6. But th- this is just this is really getting out of hand. Because how, how much longer until they say, well, you know, Wednesday service is closed as well. Or online chatting service is closed as well. This is dangerous. This is very dangerous. This is communistic. This is the kind of stuff Bernie Sanders wanted. And since, I guess, Bernie dropped out of the race, everyone who was wanting to vote for him or who just wants to see the demise of America, well, they just keep going left foot, right foot, following the mission and targeting Christians anyway. Because when do you not have a right to vote anymore? Who really trusts paper ballots? Who really trusts going on a, a quote-unquote secured website or app in voting? Because for me, like we've always said, this is very event-driven. It starts with one thing, it builds to another, and it gets more extreme and more extreme, and it gets to the point that we keep giving the government the power to continue to take our rights away because people aren't standing up for it. I'm not saying... I'm not saying to do this, but if the entire congregation of a church stood together in unity and said, we're not going to allow you to arrest all of us today. We're not going to allow you to disperse us. So go back to the shop. Go get as many handcuffs as you want. You're going to have to cuff all of us. And make it a public event. Call the news in. Put them on blast. Let everyone see what's going on. Now, there's been a couple pastors who thankfully pulled out their phone at the right time, and, uh, you know, they captured this, and now it's, it's on Fox News. Now, it's being talked about nationwide. Now, the Department of Justice is fixing to get involved in with, uh, with this situation, and from what I'm seeing, sometime next week, some governors and mayors and local city officials and some police departments are about to get a warning letter or more. But it's not just that. Kentucky went off board on this. Was it Missouri as well? 
Uh, but Kansas, all the judges in Kansas had a big conference call. And they all seem to think that it's okay for the governor to suspend your constitutional right of assembly and to practice your freedom of religion because of an unprecedented pandemic. I'm sorry, what unprecedented pandemic? This isn't unprecedented yet. Unprecedented is a couple hundred thousand people dead already. Unprecedented is four or five million people infected. This isn't unprecedented. The reaction from the local government is unprecedented. And I don't know when it is Trump's eventually going to say something about it. And I don't know when Joe, or Joe Biden is eventually going to say something about it because he's the other guy running for president. Uh, but Mike Pence doesn't seem to be saying much about it. Neither of these two guys really do. I saw something the other day. Trump seemed to be a little bit upset, but he didn't want to talk too much about it. Uh, maybe that's because Bill Barr is working on something and he'll let Barr uh, speak for him. I hope so. But uh, where does it stop, Dave? Well, it stops when the people say it stops, and not until. And uh, the people right now are sissified, and they're accepting illegitimate authority when they shouldn't be. And I think about what our founding fathers would have done. I even think about what people in the 60s would have done. And instead of standing up for our rights, which is um, our right under the Constitution, um, and to peaceably assemble against this tyranny, we have people cowering in the corner, including this president. And I'm tired of hearing yep. the argument. He's just given him enough rope. Fossey came out today on CNN, and this is a Sunday recording, but Fossey came out today, and he said, Trump didn't act fast enough. He's killed people with his indifference. And excuse me, it, it, he said that, uh, what was it, February? Uh, in February he should have acted? Well, on February 29th, I've got it on tape, Fauci said, uh, we don't want to overreact to what's going on. And in late July, he uh, cautioned the president not to close down air travel from China. So, I mean, these people can't even keep their stories and their dates crazy. It's like they got the ergot calendar going on and they're hallucinating. Yeah, I wish Fauci would make up his mind on which direction he wants to go. Is he for the people or against the people? Oh, he's against them. Because... He's on the board of directors for the Gates Foundation. Do I have to say any more than that? Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bill Gates, the, the human savior. You know? <laughs> Don't forget, Bill Gates and his TED Talk, uh, you know, we got too many people in this world, and we got the greenhouse gases that are killing the world, and the only way that we can really make this work and fix this problem, one of the options is to have really good vaccines to lower the number of people. What the hell does that mean? Is that the same guy who's offering to make a vaccine for the coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Hey, take take the genocide vaccine. That'll help Mother Earth. No, it won't. No, it won't. The only thing that they really want to do is cause fear and panic and confusion and then go along with the New World Order's agendas. I mean, how many agendas do they have? But depopulation is definitely on every single agenda. And as long as Bill Gates is alive, he is an enemy of freedom and humanity. And he is an enemy of Jesus Christ and anyone who follows Jesus. This man is, a, this man is our enemy. I, I don't care if you like that or not. I don't care how smart the guy is. You know, anytime someone says depopulation is what we need to do or 
you know, giving more funding to abortion centers is what we need to do. That's an enemy of Jesus. That's an enemy of God. It's an enemy of Christianity and the enemy of the world. Killing people is not how you save the world. Working together, opening up dialogue, is how we accomplish this goal. And if there really was such a terrible, really terrible virus going around, and someone actually produced a vaccine that ha- went through clinical trials, you know, unfortunately it takes more than just a couple weeks or a couple months or a year, Fauci, who says we won't have a good vaccine for a year. Oh, that goes along with Bill Gates uh, saying that we should be locked down for 18 more months. I'm not taking it. And I don't suggest anybody taking it. Because I've seen right now there's four or five of these companies who are trying to produce these vaccines supposedly to save us from the boogeyman coronavirus, but Bill Gates is going to be testing them all. Testing them all on what? The efficiency of how they kill people? How they maim you? How they harm you? I mean, we won't, we won't know, unfortunately, until this vaccine comes out and people start getting injected with it. Now, we can go down a rabbit hole on that, uh, being forced or not, but we won't know the side effects of this for years to come. Right. And, you know, hydroxychloroquine, uh, zinc, there's a couple other things that are out there that have been proven to help against this virus from various doctors from various countries, but America, being America, says, no, we're in charge of all this, and what we say, it goes worldwide, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't trust them. I don't trust anyone who funds the CDC at this point. I don't trust anyone who funds the, D- the WHO, which is basically just uh, another corporation of China. I don't trust what my doctors are telling me, Dave. That's, that's another dangerous thing. But I can tell you this, viruses have been around for thousands of years. For thousands of years, it's ran its course throughout population. And I don't mean to be cruel when I say this, but if, you, if you're of a certain age or you have certain you know, disabilities or pre-existing health conditions and you fall victim to a virus, man, I don't know, that's, to me that's just nature. You know, if you're sick and you get hit with a really bad virus and your body cannot react to it significantly enough, you're probably going to die from it. That shouldn't be a shock to anybody. What should be a shock to everybody is when everyone and their mothers run around saying, oh, we have a new vaccine. We have a new vaccine. Here's a vaccine. Well, you guys didn't have a vaccine prior to any of this. Now, all of a sudden, you got one? I'm suspecting that. I'm sorry. I'm going to question everything I'm told until I find the truth. And I've been with the government since I was 17, 18 years old. I have learned through a very long time to not trust my government. You know, that's, that's not something that I say uh, with, with you know, happiness in my heart, but I've been around for a while. I've seen a lot of corruption and I've seen people come and go and everyone that's coming and going, they always have some sort of financial interest in this. I know Trump got hit with a question the other day at a coronavirus uh, update for his task force. And he said, do you have any stocks in CDC or do you have any stocks in the new uh, vaccines? Yeah, hydroxychloroquine is what they asked him. 
Yeah. See, if they'd asked him about the vaccine, I would have been jumping up and down saying, yeah, good question. But no, that's that's out of bounds. You can't cross into that territory. Well, I think think we should be. I think everything should be on the table at this point. I think the American people should be questioning everything their leaders are telling them because their leaders aren't telling them anything, really. You got some states that are giving you half-truths. The other states are giving you three-quarter lies with a, a quarter part of truth. You know, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just turn into New York and eventually get to the point where we're so panicked in need of medical supplies that we have to go to Big Brother government? And then as Big Brother government is giving us all this stuff, we bash them along the way anyways. You know, it's... I don't know. I, I see a power struggle going on right now, and I don't see Trump really saying too much that's making me feel confident in his decision. I see him keep saying, we're, everything's great, we're producing everything, uh, this is all going to be great, the whole world wants us to produce more stuff for him. That's nice, but I'm looking at the numbers from the Emergency Operations Center. Every week I'm getting the updates, and in my area, it's not that bad. In some areas, it's pretty damn bad. So whenever the emergency operations center on the ground gives me a number, and then the state gives me a different number, and then the, the region of that area gives me a different number, and then my congressman gives me a different number, and then Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and ABC all give me different numbers, and then YouTube media hosts, give me different numbers. CDC and WHO give me different numbers. And then the coronavirus task force gives me a completely different number. Who are we supposed to trust? You know, you got to tally in that some deaths that can't be explained are being deemed as coronavirus related. That doesn't make any sense to me, but it is. And then you have some places that, you know, they're turning away certain kinds of people who are sick that could possibly be a carrier of the virus and they're not getting tested. They're not getting treated. So now that person's gone, but whoever's inside the hospital, they're getting treated and they're being counted as a victim. So if you ask me, my personal opinion, we're all being lied to. We're all being lied to. The numbers don't make sense. I would even go further. They're lying about their lies. I mean, it's... Let me just put this to you, okay, because you work in the federal government. How is it that these people on the coronavirus task force can have outside political and financial interests and still do their job with taxpayer money and not call it conflict of interest? Well, conflict of interest is basically how the government runs itself at this point in time. You know, it just it, it seems to me that most of our political leaders seem to have some sort of financial interest in something that they're benefiting from that they're trying to peddle on the American government. It's yeah, the Democrats are it's trying illegal. To, yeah, but of course they are. Of course it is. But the Democrats right now are trying to push through even more draconian laws, even more socialism, which is just gonna lead to communism. Uh and there are Republicans on these bills too, so I can't leave them out. It just—it 
I go back to my point. I don't trust my leaders anymore. I very rarely trust my leadership anymore because we don't get told everything. We get told what we need to know to stay operational. And even so, it's laughable. You know, I had to go into the office the other day because they said, hey, we got more medical supplies to hand out to all you guys. Dave, when I got there, my medical supplies was a can of Lysol spray and hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have that in my bathroom. And more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your misfortune, but how can they even say this crap to you with a straight face? Well, I mean, it's a joke. It's all of us. It's a joke. Because we're still not being mandated to wear gloves. We're still not being mandated to wear masks. It's, it's all recommendation until it's mandated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the big thing is, is for the federal government, if you're going to mandate I have to wear a mask, goggles, and gloves, you're going to give me hazard duty pay, which means the government's about to shell out a lot of money to all the federal EOs who are still having to work. Because most administrative staff right now, thankfully, can go home and work from home, but all the first responders, we still got to show up for work. And, uh, you know, it's to me, it's laughable. I'm at the park the other day. I'm hanging out with some of our bomb guys. And here are people making laps within three feet from each other, one foot from each other. And the first lap, they got their mask on. They got their gloves on. The second lap, they don't have gloves on. The third lap, <laughs> the mask is pulled down below the nose. The fourth lap, there's no mask. You know, I'm not saying people are complacent, but this is really starting to be ridiculous because half the people who are wearing these masks that the government is peddling at least wear some sort of cloth mask over you. That's not going to stop anything. The N95 mask is what you use when you're weed eating or working with freaking wood. It's, it's not going to stop anything. It stops about 70 to 80% of any type of these small particulates. But then the government will backtrack and say, well, but we think it's efficient enough to stop it. Well, is it efficient enough to stop it, or is it not efficient enough to stop it? Should I be wearing a gas mask, or should I be wearing an SCBA, or should I just not even care? You know, this, like I said, it's, it's, like, it's lies built on lies. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows how to handle this situation. I think if you're in the medical field, you should be wearing as much PPE, as much per, uh, personal protective equipment as possible because you're right in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. However, me, if I have to go put cuffs on somebody, I'm probably not going to stop and put my, my gloves on and a mask on. I'm just going to go and do what I have to to handcuff whatever person I'm dealing with that day. You know, or if I'm interacting with the public. I'm not going to put a mask on. You know why? Because it's stupid at that point. Because on the same point in time, you're telling me to wear a mask while I'm out in public. You want me to stay 21 feet or 26 feet away from the general public. At first, you told me it was 6 feet. Now it's 21 to 26 feet. What is it next? 30 feet to 50 feet? Well, what's really funny about this is when we have to go into our headquarters building to make some of these conferences, we all pile up in the same elevator. 
there will be 10 of us in the same elevator. And we just look at each other and go, well, this is BS. They don't, either they don't care about us or they want the illusion that they're caring and that they're trying. So it's, it's either this is really that bad or it's really not that bad. If it was really, if this virus was really out there killing everybody it came in contact with, like what it seemed to have been doing in China, I probably wouldn't be going outside unless I had a gas mask on. And even at, at that point, I only have so many uh, CBRN filters that last so long. So, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it's, it's either it's really serious or it's not that serious. The thing that is really serious is that local governments are taking this way too far, way too far. There's no reason why one box store, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, you name it, a co-op, tractor supply, wherever it is, that should be telling you they can't sell you seeds for fruit and vegetables. I spent all day today, I bought almost $1,000 worth of stuff uh, for my little farm that I live on, and half the stuff that my wife and I got was vegetables. We were at Home Depot. We got a bunch of vegetables that have already been started. Uh, you know, I already have some, some sprouts coming out. And we're going to go and plant all those tomorrow. Plant some potatoes and some onions because we're trying to make sure that we can manage our own food intake and our own resources so we're not having to rely upon all these idiots who are telling me what's essential and what's non-essential. I was reading today from a, a friend of mine who's a ranger, Army Ranger, and he said, he said, man, can you believe this? Some of these stores, I think it's a Walmart, somewhere up north, said that you can only have one packet of hamburger meat at a time. Yeah, Bob Griswold told me that, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if what if it's a, a you know, a, a family unit? You know, a mother, a father, a couple kids. What's one pound of hamburger meat going to do? So, like I said, this is, this is just BS at this point. And because we've shut down the borders, we don't have a lot of our... Uh, farm hands that are migratory workers that are coming in and out right. that help all these super big farms. So what's happening to all the produce that's out there in the field? Is it rotting or is it being stored or is it being sold? Who really knows the truth at this point? I'm glad to see that some restaurants are allowed to sell whatever produce they have so they can still make a buck and still supply food to the public, but how long until that gets shut down? You know, if you want to order food, you can call in, and you can have that food made, and you can drive up to it, and they can come out and bring you your food. But you can't go to church on Sunday, the day that Jesus conquered death, and have a service. I can't, I like I can't improve on that statement. I mean, exactly. But see, you have to understand. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time you heard Pelosi, Schumer, or Schiff ever talk about Jesus or the Bible or the Constitution in any serious way. They're verboten terms. And and uh, this is what we talk to a lot of us about is that, you know, as, as it is, as Pastor Mark Driscoll said the first time I heard him speak, and it was in Scottsdale, Arizona at Trinity Church, he said, as it is in the physical realm, it is in the spiritual realm. And the forces of evil that we fight against in the physical realm have spiritual properties we have to deal with there, too. And I submit to you the leadership of the Democratic Party 
representative of the deep state that wants to overthrow this government in favor of a Bolshevik revolution. They are atheist and they are seeking to exterminate the, the constitutional right to worship, particularly Christianity. And probably at the end of the day, they'll go after Christians too. Well, sure. Why not? I mean, in Revelation, that's what's going to happen. Exactly. And I'm not saying we, I'm not saying we're living in Revelations. I'm not saying we're not. I'm going to leave my opinions to myself. I just tell you go read the Bible, start with Revelation, and then start getting ooed and awed about what's going on. But uh, Christians are obviously being targeted, and it's only going to get worse, Dave. It's not going to get better. And I'm not here to give doom and gloom. I will say this: when people ask me. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is there a good message to be given here? There is a good message. You know what the good message is? His name is Jesus. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose. He conquered death. He has a key to hell. He has a key to death. And he is our Savior. Believe in him. Repent of your sins. And do your best to follow the commandments. And I want to say, hopefully everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a soothsayer, and I don't see into the future. You're going to come across some pretty hairy situations the further we go. Some of them are going to make you really question who's your friends and who isn't. But I will tell you this. There is a war on Christianity, and it's going to get worse, Dave. You know, it, Jesus has won the day. Jesus has won the war. But we're going to have to go through it. Just like how the Christians are going to have to go through tribulation, as it says in the Bible, throughout the Old Testament to the New Testament, we're going to have to go through some tribulations. There's going to be some trials. Satan is doing his best to take down the last shining hope of a Christian nation, and he's winning. And I don't care how many patriots that are out there saying, what can we do to, to fight this, or what can I do at my own level? There's nothing that you can do that God didn't say can happen in the Bible. There's nothing you can do about it. Do your best to pray every day. Anoint yourself. Plead the blood of Jesus over yourself and prepare. Not just prepare physically with weapons and with food, but prepare spiritually. As our, as our good friend Steve Quill says, there's no physical solution to a spiritual problem. Every time Israel got in trouble, God had to reprimand them, and it was never easy. In fact, it was downright scary. Read the book of Lamentations if you want to be scared. We're not too far from that. You know, in the book of Lamentations, they eventually had to go to the point that they started cannibalizing people. How long will it be when you can't get food anymore and a lot of the religious zealots come out saying, I am the new vicar of Christ, follow me. God said it's okay to eat your flesh. And there'll be plenty of idiots who'll follow them, like lemmings. You know, uh, these things are all going to happen. Don't be shocked. Keep your head in the good book. Keep your head in the Bible. Stay under prayer. God will protect his children. But you got to have faith in that. Well... There's something else I wanted to bring up to you. Um, it's been announced now that Governor Mike Huckabee, who I spent some time with at uh, the 51st State uh, New California Convention, and um, he has now been threatened with arrest 
for going into his backyard. Now, in his Florida home, it's on the beach, and and their beach property extends to the water. I mean, it's not a public beach. And there, people there have been told, you go out in your backyard, you could go to jail. So they've banded together, and they have sued for inverse condemnation, which is basically saying you're taking value out of my property, which is true. And I think it's interesting now that Rand Paul also came out and chastised the uh, the mayor of that Kentucky city for banning you know drive-through church services uh, while allowing the box doors to stay open. So when we look at this wrecker, what's happening is the other side is now bringing in the leadership of the conservatives who are saying, whoa, wait a minute, this has nothing to do with the coronavirus. This is about tyranny. But here's what I'm wondering, and I want to get your opinion on this. Is this an oversight on the part of the left, and now they've, for lack of a better term, pissed off the wrong people? Or are they trying to piss off the wrong people so they can start a civil war? Well, I would always base my opinions on the latter. The end goal is a civil war. The end goal of the left, whenever we were dealing with Antifa, was to get us riled up enough that we would take the first shots at them so they could blame us and say that we're the jackbooted thugs that everyone makes us out to be. The goal I have found for many of the Democrats has been to set enough policies and procedures and plans and laws in place to push the right wing, to push the conservatives, to push the constitutionalists and the Christians, or whoever falls on that, that basis, to make us take the first shot so that they can cry foul. And is it going to work? I hope not. I hope we don't fall for it. But there are going to be people who you put desperate people into a desperate situation, you're going to expect an outcome that you knew was going to happen. So in my mind, Dave, it's premeditated. You knew the outcome of what you were doing and what you were putting in place, and you knew the public's response. If you dared to take the weapons away from the American people, you know what the response is going to be. No one's going to follow leadership. No one's going to follow law enforcement or lawful orders because you're taking away my right to self-defense. Well, when you start taking away my right to eternal defense for my own soul's sake, you're going to have plenty of people who say, whoa, 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 not here. You ain't doing that here. You're going to have to arrest all of us. And they'll more than likely just say, okay, we'll just arrest you all then. We'll cite all of you. Everybody gets a $500 or a $1,000 citation. I throw it on the ground. Arrest me. And I want to see my lawyer. In fact, I'm going to call my lawyer right now. You know, it, it's going to eventually take people protesting and getting in large mass crowds and saying this is not right, this is unconstitutional. Overall, it's evil. It's satanic. But you got to be, what is it, Dave, six feet, ten feet away from each other? Whatever, okay. the, whatever the rule of the day is. Yeah, surround your mayor's house and everybody be double arms length, double arms interval, like we did in the military, away from each other, and stand there with your picket signs and protest. 
more than that, don't vote for them again. If there was ever a time in this nation to get out and vote and actually think before you vote, now's the time. If you live in an area where your local government has told you that they have given themselves emergency powers to take away your private property or your own private possessions or to ban uh, your First Amendment, Second Amendment right, or that we're just going to throw your Fourth Amendment right out the window and make you take vaccines that you know you don't feel comfortable with for whatever reason, yeah, it's time to get out on the streets and protest and not leave them until the American people's voice is heard because they're trying to silence us as best as they can, Dave. We have to get out. We have to speak. We have to speak not just with our mouths but with our feet and vote. Hopefully the voting booths will be open. Maybe they'll all be, you know, 20 feet apart from each other. What do you What do you think oh. about uh, the, the notion uh, that we won't have an election? A lot of people are beginning to say that. Well, it's not like we haven't talked about it. You know, right now, last time I heard, the RNC have been postponed. I don't know if that's indefinite, uh, but as long as it's postponed, well, there's an issue with voting. Uh, you know, at your local county level, I would be working with my local county officials and city officials, making sure we are still on track with voting. And, you know, if you have to go there and you have to present a mission statement or, or some sort of operations order that says, hey, look, in case your head is still in the sand and you don't know what to do with us voting because you're so worried about the coronavirus, here is a unique idea of how to do it. We can have voting booths 10 feet away from each other and everybody in the line 10 feet apart from each other and vote one at a time. It's going to take all day, but you can at least still vote. And you can at least go and see if they've even thought about it yet. Because I'm sure most of them aren't even thinking about it. Most people, from some of those county officials that I have been in discussions with, or helping certain organizations try and figure out how to get this situation under control, a lot of these local county officials, man, they, they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing, and then they're looking to other counties, and they're going off of what they're doing. So if your small Republican county and their small group of officials have no idea what they're doing, they're looking at the next biggest town and saying, okay, we're going to do what they're doing. But if that's a Democratic large city and everything is upside down land, that's not going to work for everybody. So if you have the means and ability to go out and formulate a plan of attack of, hey, this is how we can still vote. This is how we can still keep stores open. This is how mom and pop stores can reopen and they can have business and revenue and I can get the stuff I need. Well, get out there and tell them. That's what I'm doing on my own local level. I'm trying to help certain organizations establish that. Uh, but the opposite is, you know, how welcoming are these officials to your ideas? So you're gonna you're gonna hit some uh, turbulence there, but you can at least make your voice be heard, 
you can at least go there and say, hey, I had a plan. If you don't have a plan, here's a plan. You know, take it, roll with it, manipulate it however you want to make it work. But America needs to get back to being America again. Because right now, we're living in a prison state. This is, this is just ridiculous. I, I'm hearing in some states that they don't want kids outside playing. Yes. Well, this father in Brighton, Colorado, was playing t-ball with his daughter outside. No one around, and the cops handcuffed the father in front of a six-year-old daughter. Once again, officer's discretion. Did you have to do that? Did that cop have to do that? Even if he was ordered from one of his supervisors, hey, you're going to go out and arrest that guy. No, I'm not. Well, why not? I gave you an order. You gave me an unlawful order. Prove to me that what you said was lawful. Well, the, the city officials and the mayor said that because of the coronavirus, no, 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 no. I said lawful, not your suspicion. So it, at that point, it, like I said, it comes to officer discretion. Every individual law enforcement officer has the right to say, this is stupid. I'm going to verbally counsel them. Hey, FYI, sir, my supervisors, because of your city officials, want this to happen to you. I'm not going to do that. But I can't trust everyone who wears this uniform either that they'll make the same decision I made. It would be who of you to go into your backyard, if possible, and do this, not in the front yard. And if that person agrees with it, great. If they, de if they disagree with it, I agree with them too. Because there's nothing wrong with playing catch with your kids. You know, there's nothing wrong with me letting my kids drive their four-wheelers or their bikes or their go-karts all over my all over my acreage. You know, thankfully I live way out in the in the country, and I live in a very constitutional area where the sheriff is taking a a good stand, and we haven't seen stupid laws and stupid rules yet. But you have areas, Dave where the stupidness is coming to life. And I would tell you this, if you're in that kind of an area and they're telling you you can't even play t-ball with your kid in your front yard during this quote-unquote pandemic, what do they do when something bad actually happens? How far will your local government be willing to deny you your constitutional rights? Maybe time to move. I know right now it's not a good time, but when we uh, get all this fixed and America gets back to being America again, you may want to rethink where you're living. may want to rethink what you're doing as an occupation. That's, that's my mindset. Well, no, I, I listen, I totally agree with you. And, and um, But now we're targeting ex-governors for local arrest in um, that was Walton County, I think it is in Florida. So there's no escaping it. The tyranny... You know, the bottom line is, and I've said this many times, when you go to the lengths that the Democrats are going to in these blue cities to restrict people to have nothing to do with virus transmission, then we have to assume they're trying to make Americans hate their lives so they take it out on Trump at election time. That's how I see it. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, the Democrats are, are playing a chess game right now, and Trump is playing checkers. We can't just double jump, triple jump, oh, king me. You know, this has to be a chess game. I thought at first Trump was good at playing the chess game, at setting people up, 
letting them expose themselves for a prolonged amount of time to the point that you give Fox News and CNN nothing else to talk about, and then you can expose them for the idiots they are. Mm-hmm. But right now, that's not happening. That's, that worries me. Because what happens if November 8th gets postponed? Or does it? Does the presidential election get postponed? How crazy would this country get if we're still in lockdown come the new school year? Eventually, people just won't do it. They'll either stop obeying the unlawful laws that they're being given and try to go back to a normal society, or there's going to be a dynamic paradigm shift in this country, and I don't want to say that we're going to go there, but that's how some civil wars start. You know, if, if, our, if our government, if our local government and our state governments are becoming tyrannical, we, <laughs> we did very less for our normal, our actual rebellion in the 1700s against Great Britain over taxes on tea than the coronavirus. So I think I'm seeing Americans be very patient and be very quiet hopefully very wise and letting them you know, do this uh, whole coronavirus lockdown thing. But eventually people's patience is going to run out. My patience are starting to run out. I, you know, I, I work a 12-hour day. When I come home, I want to be able to get my truck, go down to the local lumber yard, get whatever building materials that I need because I'm constantly building stuff or fixing stuff, but I can't. I have to wait until the weekend. You know, that... And my weekend is the time where I get to spend with my family. Instead of now, it's crunch time. And all my honeydew lists just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, it's, really starting to, it's really starting to upset me. And I'm sure it is to every American across the board. So it's either we're going to get up and say something and do something about this, or we're going to have protests and the government's just going to have to deal with it, or the American public is just going to have to deal with it by being silent. Well, let's hope the days of silence are over because silence is not golden. I'm being serious. Silence, well, is, silence is not golden. Yeah. And, and, you know, while this whole pandemic is going on, our fleet is being affected, and people need to stop thinking about their world within a one-mile radius. And remember, there are still countries and regimes out there that want to destroy America. There's still always the option for war. We're getting to what looks like maybe some sort of a financial war of some sort with China soon. You see all the war hawks coming out on the late night TV shows, blaming China for everything, saying China should pay for everything going on in the United States. Mm -hmm. China will never pay for anything. They'll never pay for anything. The one economy that was not affected by any of this was China. So stop and realize that, American government. You're starting to get played. uh, I think it's by design. I mean, come on, it's by design. Who's in bed with the communist Chinese in this country? Pelosi, Feinstein, Schumer, Schiff, Kamala Harris. That's who. 
So yeah. not surprised at yeah. all. Joe Biden. <laughs> well, he can't remember whose side he's on. Right yeah. now at this moment, he's yeah. probably wondering what political party he's in. He's America's first yeah, dementia president. Well, you should know by now, if Joe Biden gets elected, it'll be a cold day in hell before Joe Biden gets elected. But if Joe Biden does get elected, Hillary Clinton has about three or four weeks before she becomes president. That's the way I see it. <laughs> well, yeah, or that, or a poll I saw in the New York uh, Post came out and said 56% of all Democrats want Cuomo to take Biden's place. But he he was being interviewed by his dumb brother, and Chris Cuomo was telling his older brother, hey, you going to run for president? No. Have you thought about running for president? No. Do you think you'll run for president? No. The guy doesn't want to run for president. Well, he's doing a well great unless he's told, he could be told, don't do it. Don't say anything yet. Let's let this play well, maybe out. maybe so. Maybe so. I don't I think it's going to be Biden. At the end of the day, can you imagine Biden in a debate with Trump? Oh, I welcome it. I welcome it. It'll be, it'll be just probably one of the funniest things America has ever seen. You know, if you entered in the presidential debate between yeah. Joe Biden and President Trump, it'll win America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> well, I don't think... I mean, excuse me, can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> what was that? Uh, can you move the little girls over a little closer? Um, <laughs> let me smell their hair. Oh, man. I mean, you know, Wrecker, when I look at the country and... You know, I've seen, I, I, I can remember so many campaigns and I've never seen America in the position it's in now. We are in uncharted waters. So let's take a couple of minutes here and talk about how, let me think how to phrase this. If you were to put on your crystal ball glasses to look into the future, what would you say is coming? What would you Famine. tell the American people to look out for? Famine. Famine is coming. That's what I'm telling you right now. Famine is coming. It may not be within the next six months, but it's going to take a long time for our farming industry to recover from this. And once the oil prices start spiking back up, gas starts spiking back up, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be atrocious whenever you're paying eight dollars for a gallon of milk, or you know, fifteen dollars for a steak, depending <laughs> on what kind of steak you like. Eight dollars you know. for do you think my car will run on milk? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> well, I mean, when I when I was stationed uh, somewhere outside of this country, a gallon of milk was about eight dollars because of that island. Uh -huh. So that, you know, that that was understandable. But here in the state, it's going to get expensive. No, oh, I know, I know, because we're headed for famine. I totally agree. That's my number one concern yeah. too. Well, look, um, Wrecker, we are totally out of time. I appreciate you joining us here, and uh, thank you for, um, shall we say, shaking the bushes. I think uh, a lot of Democratic excrement fell out during this particular interview. And uh, we need to do a part two. I just think we're getting warmed up. I'll be in touch with you about that. But anyway, thanks for being with us. All right, Dave. Thank you. To everybody else, 
We'll see you back here again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us.